my opinion. Mm-hmm. My, my opinion would be that the least qualified person to lead any multi-ethnic endeavor of the church would be a white male. Wow. In this, mm-hmm. in this country, mm-hmm. in the history of this country, mm-hmm. you know, I think Jesus might say that it would be easier for a camel to enter through <laughs> the eye of a needle. Wow, man. Than for a white man to faithfully lead a mm. and healthily lead a multi ethnic community. Mm. But what's impossible with man is, is possible with God. Let's begin. Blank paper and pen. Stories to tell. Battles to win. Deep breath and count to ten. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Hey folks, this is Leroy Barber with Sit Up Podcast, and we are uh, live in Tampa this week and have been at the Underground Network. And today uh, we're with Lucas Pulley, who is the director uh, of the Underground Network, and looking forward to this conversation. Uh, And want to remind you that you can hit Sit Up Podcast on Facebook uh, at you know, at Sit Up Podcasts, you can hit some questions or shoot me some questions on my Twitter at Leroy Barber. Uh, also, my Facebook's at Leroy Barber. So you can get us in those three ways, Facebook, uh, through my Twitter uh, and or my personal Facebook. And we uh, we love questions to keep the conversation going. But Lucas, so tell me a little bit about um, the Underground Network. I am I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. for a couple reasons. Yeah. One, churches are dying. Yeah. Uh, denominations are dying. Yeah. Yeah. Not all churches, but denominations yeah. specifically are dying in a lot of places uh, and trying to figure out what to do sure. innovatively. Sure. But here in Tampa, y'all are doing something different, and you're actually growing. So mm-hmm. tell us what the Underground Network is. Yeah, so the Underground Network in Tampa is a network of over 200 microchurches. And um, the Underground is is simultaneously, sometimes it's hard to explain because it's simultaneously two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Underground is this organic, wild mm-hmm. network of mm-hmm. uh, microchurches where... Um, it's a it's a calling driven community. If if anyone feels or seems or hears or senses a calling from the Lord mm-hmm. to try to reach a certain group of people, place, um, we believe that they actually, as a priest and the priesthood of all believers, mm-hmm. have the right to take the goods of the church to that space. Wow! And so, as long as that calling can flesh out uh, to incorporate community and mm-hmm. worship and mission, surrender mm-hmm. to Jesus, intentional family, mm-hmm. and trying to reach people who are unreached by the gospel, we think that's the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, uh, we've got this network of uh, over 200 of these house churches that are trying to reach neighborhoods or, you know, communities that are trying to reach reach specific people groups, um, uh, trying to do mentoring or trying to work with uh, the homeless Mm -hmm. or trying Mm -hmm. to work with uh, uh, people in certain pockets of the city that are unreached. Um, And, you know, half or the majority of those uh, microchurches are led by people who are bivocational or are just doing it in their spare time, totally grassroots Mm -hmm. on their, uh, you know... um, uh, but at the same time, that that organic network of grassroots ministry is led by elders, citywide network of ministries. But the underground is also a nonprofit, 
platform of services mm -hmm. that exist to incubate and launch and serve those microchurches along the way. Um, and so we've just created a, an organizational infrastructure that reacts to people who are called by Jesus mm -hmm. to plant churches in the city. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we sit back and we design every square foot, every program, every decision, every resource to serve grassroots ministries mm -hmm, on the ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, the, we've got an organization that is, has about 20 staff and, you know, has a, a, a budget and a, a, a large co-working facility that mm -hmm, exists, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. media department, finance, training, coaching, free medical clinic, all these things designed to come alongside microchurch leaders and the people that they're trying to reach and serve. Wow. So y'all have, you have found a way uh, to draw people who feel vocationally called, yeah. right, to yes. uh, to be pastor or leader, yeah. who are more innovative, yeah. right, who yeah. are more entrepreneurial, yes, uh, and, um, and have a space for them to create. That's right. And and so, tell me what what does that person look like? Like like who. Who walks into your doors and says, "Hey, I want to, I want to plant a church." Here. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is all kinds of people. Um, we've got, you know, uh, college students mm -hmm. who who come into the community and are trying to reach their campus or trying to reach their dorm. We got mm -hmm. people fresh out of college, young professionals who mm -hmm. are trying to dream about the kingdom in their neighborhood or, mm. or, you know, feel a vision from the Lord about their office that they're starting to work in mm -hmm. or mm. are seeing like a, a totally untapped, unreached space in the city uh, that they feel really passionate about. We've got people who are late in their, you know, vocational career mm -hmm. and have been basically been asked by the church to sit in a seat and give money for 20 years. And they're a little bit disillusioned what uh -huh. they would experience as like a traditional model mm -hmm. of church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they feel like I'm, a priest and the priesthood of all believers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, when, mm -hmm. when, when do I, you know, uh, I think there's more to this. I think there's, wow, yeah. and those kinds of people start asking those kinds of questions and they, they'll find their way to us. We've got people who are retired and they've mm -hmm. got a whole bunch of time on their hands and they just start asking God, here's with all this time, all this extra that I have now, it belongs to you. What do you want to do with it? Wow. Um, and so it, as, as a community that is exclusively a calling based calling reality, active community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God actually calls every person mm -hmm. into all kinds of spaces. And so we've, we've really designed our sp ourselves in a way that we react actually and, and serve mm -hmm. and are involving mm -hmm. every kind of person mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and equipping and serving every kind of uh, a person to reach every kind of space. Wow. And, and you're drawing folks from various denominations? Yeah, yeah. You know, we because we we don't make people go through a bunch of hoops or go through some kind of pay dues or mm -hmm, like have some mm -hmm. kind of membership class or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, our our core yes is to just say what's God asking you to do? We'll help you do it. We'll come alongside you. But we don't we're not asking or forcing people to come to a service or to be engaged in a certain amount of things. Mm -hmm. So that we do have probably about twenty five percent of our microchurches that are led by people who are a part of other uh, worship with other communities. Mm -hmm. Other churches are a part of other denominations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know they they'll they'll worship they don't identify underground as their core family, mm -hmm. but the the church that they've identified with and been a part of, either didn't know how to how to help them 
get ministry off the ground, maybe saw their ministry as a threat to the mm. vision of the church mm-hmm. or didn't know mm-hmm. how to get behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find their way to us and we, and we just say, yes, we want to support you when we get that thing off the ground. We're, we're in the business of seeing churches multiplied, scattered all over the place. And so we are a bit ecumenical, mm-hmm. you know, we, mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. people, we have people in the room who are who have deep roots in Pentecostalism. We've mm-hmm, got people mm-hmm. in the room who would identify with more high church liturgical forms, mm-hmm, Catholic, mm-hmm. Uh, um, Episcopalian. We got, we've got Lutherans, Methodists, Presbyterians, wow. Baptists. We've wow. got people coming out of and still a part of mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. kinds of different uh, uh, Christian traditions. Wow, you know. wow. And... and- And those people are getting along. Yeah. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think as long as, you know, we, we are a, a community who has learned to uh, walk in fellowship across a whole lot of different lines because we, we are keeping our gaze mm-hmm. on Christ Jesus and his mm-hmm. kingdom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and leaving that as our most solid ground that we all stand on. Wow calling and mission to this city. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's something we can all agree on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with within that agreement, it's safe for us to have disagreements mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to see things in different ways. Wow. And, and, and not only safe, but it's actually a gift. It's giftedness to bring into the same room, into the same fellowship, mm-hmm, into the same mm-hmm, dialogue, mm-hmm. people from different backgrounds with different, who see things in different angles. Right. I actually think we've we've inherited by the grace of God actually a bigger picture of God because of it. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, some would some would say diversity, you know, if if, if diversity isn't there, right, you yeah. don't see all of that. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That that there you run a risk of settling for a smaller view of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but 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 trying to trying to run toward that uh, uh, multicultural, uh-huh. uh, 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 socioeconomic, uh-huh, uh-huh, di- mul- uh-huh. multiple different theological right, traditions right, background. Right. Trying to run toward that together, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's it ain't easy. easy. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't easy. <laughs> right. So, That's right. But it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. So talk it. talk to us a, b- a little bit about your philosophy around. You talked a little bit about your diversity, but multiculturalism in general. Like, what is your, like, how do you how do you approach that in yeah. such a diverse space? Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of our it's one of our core values mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to see the God given beauty um, of every culture and ethnicity, and to bring to the table the full expression mm-hmm. of every people, mm-hmm, every culture mm-hmm, and ethnicity, mm-hmm. that the community as a whole would benefit mm-hmm. at, uh, uh, from inheriting those gifts. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you're just asking me personally how I experience it, it's quite difficult because 
my opinion, mm-hmm. my, my opinion would be that the least qualified person to lead any multi-ethnic endeavor of the church would be a white male. Wow. In this, mm-hmm. in this country, mm-hmm. in the history of this country, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I think Jesus might say that it would be easier for a camel to enter through <laughs> the eye of a needle. Wow, man. Than for a white man to faithfully lead a, mm-hmm. and healthily lead mm-hmm. a multi-ethnic community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what's impossible with man is is possible with God. But it, it's a whole lot of grace. Right, right. <laughs> it's a whole lot of grace. So, so uh, I remember a call from you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe this was a year and a half ago. Yeah, uh, you know, or so. Yeah. Um, and you said, "Hey, um, uh, I heard about your work with leaders of color mm-hmm. um, with, through Voices Project, and yeah. our folks want to get involved." And yeah. you said something that intrigued me. You yeah. said, "Hey." Um, I find myself as director of this of this organization, and there's a lot of leaders of, of color here, mm-hmm. and I I I'm not fully qualified to lead them. I need I need them to come to this so that yeah. they can get what they need. Yeah, dude, that was that that intrigued me, but also um, yeah. How did you how did you come to that? Like yeah. what what yeah what led you to that space? Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, what I'm, the primary thing, quite a few things would lead me to having that kind of a view or that kind of posture. But the primary thing is just being in friendship and relationship with leaders of color mm. who would get to the place of being able to deliver, to feel comfortable to deliver to me mm-hmm. a hard truth. Mm. I tr- maybe a truth like I've been in this organization for eight years, nine years. Mm-hmm. And I'm growing weary of being invested in almost exclusively by white men. Mm. Wow. And which maybe was good and okay and a gift for a time, but mm-hmm. um, to f- to for the for to have so many leaders in this community, these amazing leaders in this community, uh, uh, reach a place of really gifted honesty with mm-hmm. me in mm-hmm. relationship, and just to be able to say. There's certain things about uh, um, leadership, leadership mm-hmm. development, mm-hmm. spirituality, mm-hmm. ministry leadership mm-hmm. that we need and we need to learn and we need to experience from our people. And uh, uh, that, and it's been difficult to go without that mm-hmm. for a time, that mm-hmm. mentoring, that leadership, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. level of learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and to just have to, to, to approach with sobriety, my own limitations that, um, I haven't, I haven't walked that road. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if I presume that I know how to invest in and lead these people exactly how they need, Mm -hmm. I do them a huge disservice. Mm -hmm. But as, as a, as a director of a broader organization, Mm -hmm. it is, it is my responsibility Mm-hmm. to help care for and lead these missionaries. But it's not actually my job to do it every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's in my purview to help them maybe acquire resources and come and come across leaders like mm-hmm. you and some of the mm-hmm. things you're doing around the country, mm-hmm. if that would be a huge gift for them. So. Wow, that's cool. Um, that's, a, that's a posture that, uh, quite frankly, we don't come across a lot. So... Um, I, I appreciate that. That means um, a lot, and uh, and hopefully it's helping this space grow the way yeah. it's it's it, yeah. it's presented. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I, for 
for me to walk into a place in the church planning space, yeah, which is you know incredible, like dominant culture yeah. dictates that space right. in a number of ways all around the world, right? Right. right. Uh, and to walk into a space and saying, "Hey, we've planted, you know, we we got two hundred and seventeen plants going right yeah. now, yep. and just about half of those." are people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, And then your lead, your staff at your table is two females of color, right? right? right. Um, And so the posture you're taking may be be helping that space grow. So um, very much appreciate it. Yeah. Um, what, what, what are, what are some of the hiccups? What are some yeah. things that you can share? Yeah, uh, sure. Of course. That, uh, yeah. That are, that are spaces where you struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what we're doing is, um, I mean, obviously innovative, but we're, 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 we're really taking the, some of the traditional modes of the church and flipping them upside down. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we go without some of the difficulties of a traditional model. Mm-hmm. It, we might be strong in ways that those traditional mo- models would be weak, mm-hmm. but then we, there's a trade that happens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some of those trades is moving from being a centralized structure, a mm-hmm. centralized model mm-hmm. to being a decentralized model. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. certain trades that you make and there's mm-hmm. difficulties mm-hmm. that are, that are mm-hmm. involved. So some of that is, um, you know, be, we're very focused on mission, mm-hmm. very focused on reaching the city mm-hmm. in a, in a decentralized way, mm-hmm. um, and not trying to fill uh, uh, people's schedules with 13 more Christian meetings to go to. <laughs> right. We're not going to do that. Right, right. You Like, you can fill your schedule with dinners with mm-hmm. people on your mm-hmm. block, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, you get to lead your ministry, and we're right. not trying to over, you know, over-schedule uh-huh. you. Right uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. But the downside is uh, we, we do have leaders who, after being at it for a year, two years, they mm-hmm. start to... Uh, experience a uh, a complexity of both burnout and loneliness, mm, mm-hmm. um, and so even even just in the last year year and a half, we did a we did a survey of about you know fifty six of our leaders, mm-hmm. asking them just some core questions: How are we serving you? What's mm-hmm. what's what are some of the tensions you're experiencing? One of the high one of the highest tensions or needs that people were experiencing personally mm-hmm. or or in the life of their microchurch mm-hmm. was loneliness, mm-hmm. because we have not necessarily over the last 10 years prioritized these larger fellowship spaces gotcha. to cultivate leadership community mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and to help leaders walk with one another shoulder to shoulder and to have comrades, mm-hmm, you know, in mm-hmm, ministry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've let people kind of find that organically, but some people need more than that. They right, need, they need, right. uh, uh, so, so that's, that's been something that's, and, and we, uh, a lot of times we don't know what's going on in certain because again we don't have a lot of reporting structures mm-hmm. because reporting structures pull an organization to being centralized right, again right so if you're going to be decentralized you have to let go of the need for control mm-hmm. and part mm-hmm. of letting go of the need of of control is is the need to know exactly what's going on everywhere in the organization right so, you know, uh, if somebody were to ask me, hey, how many people came to faith through Microchurches of the Underground mm-hmm. in 2016? I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got no idea. Right, right. We, we can't count 
you know, uh, uh, a lot of times organizations or churches, like they have like five or six or seven numbers that they zealously count right, metrics right. of success. We don't have any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got one metrics of success. It's how many people have we said yes to this year? Mm-hmm. How many, how many micro churches have we empowered this year? That's the only thing we track mm-hmm. beyond that. If we try to track any more and like demand people fill out certain forms right. and reports and surveys, they'll start to kill movement. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, but that causes certain problems, right, like right. not not having this close attachment to every single leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it does it does sound like you have some some you have you have this unique eldership. Yes, um, and you get, you see that growing. So can yeah. you explain a little bit how how that works. Yeah, yeah. So every um, microchurch leader. Um, which right now there's, a, there's a, you know, again, a little over 200. Every microchurch leader has access to pursuing uh, ordination mm-hmm. in the citywide network of churches mm-hmm. to pursue being an elder. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would, we would say that any microchurch leader in the kingdom of God mm-hmm. is an elder. Mm-hmm. They're overseeing mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to, to become an ordained elder in the citywide network mm-hmm. – uh, we need to watch your character for a season. We need mm-hmm. to see your faithfulness and commitment to your people for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so we do have an ordination process and any microchurch leader can become an ordained elder in the community. Today, we've got about 68 ordained elders in the citywide church network. Mm-hmm. And uh, those elders are the ones entrusted with serving the broader movement, uh, uh, praying for the broader movement, uh, reacting to the needs of leaders in the broader movement. Um, having a voice in the future of the broader mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. But then there's a team of about seven or eight governing elders that act on behalf of the elder community mm-hmm. in matters that require a little bit more time and attention, mm-hmm. matters like you know leadership moral failure or accusation, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. hearing things out, you know, right, judging right. in certain circumstances and theological questioning. So that's the, the layers of leadership of the church network. Uh, so that it can be like a self-led, self-governed, mm-hmm. uh, uh, organic uh, ministry enterprise. In yeah, that's the word that came to mind is yeah. organic. That yes. Even your eldership has grown up that's out exactly of the right. system yes. itself. Yes. And they call and ordain their yes. own leaders. Yes. And then there's even a governing body yes. called out of that. That's to exactly kind of say, right. say, hey, if people, people fall in it. You know, trouble here. That's or exactly there, right. Need some accountability around yep. certain issues. Um, yeah, that that is that's covered. That's from exactly right. Their own structure. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, like that. Well, what are what would you what would you leave us with? What uh what would you say to uh and and again your network isn't just in Tampa. It's in yeah, other cities sure. and it's it's around the world. Yes, you know. It, yes. Uh, so. What would you say to those struggling parts of the church that yeah. are shrinking yeah. um, and uh, and find themselves trying to struggle to innovate? What, yes. what, what would you leave? What would you leave us with? Um, I think the I think the future of the church in this context, this cultural moment that we're in, mm-hmm. resides around our ability to awaken and activate the priesthood of all believers. Mm. That, that this belief that God is actually calling Ephesians 2.10, he has a work 
prepared mm. for every single person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he actually wants to call every priest of his priesthood into the, the historic legacy of his redemptive purposes. Mm. And the, the best of our faithfulness as a community, as a church community, is to come alongside mm-hmm. and equip those people who are being called by God. Mm not to overstep and take their job. <laughs> you know, when the right, people right. on the stage are the ones, the only ones doing ministry mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, a group of mm-hmm, people instead mm-hmm. of the ones who are trying to find the ministers and equip them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and do whatever it takes organizationally to come around and, and respond to what God is asking them to do in the city. Right. Um, I think it's a, it's a huge shift that has implications for the church, top to bottom, left to right, mm. all the way through. Yes. But to not be uh, to to not have fear about mm. the implications of what it might mean for structures or budgets or leadership mm. or buildings, mm. Mm. but to just keep chasing it and deal with that stuff as it comes. Nice, nice. Well, how can people get in touch with you if they have some questions? Um, you can obviously find us online, tampaunderground.com. Um, and uh, you can email us info at tampaunderground.com or you can if you on our website you can find any of our staff reach out to any of our staff their emails anything like that um, very very cool yeah well thanks thanks Lucas thanks for being on this is Leroy Barber with Sit Up Podcast and we have been talking uh, with the director of the Underground Network this is the first of many podcasts to come from many folks connected with the Underground Network this is Sit Up Podcast, Leroy Barber. Thanks Some people in. call them scars, but in the eyes of the right beholder, they can be art. Love doesn't keep secrets. Love chooses to see. Forgiving and accepting that you've been forgiven can set you free. Let's begin. Blank paper and pen. Stories to tell. Battles to win. Deep breath. Counts of ten. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin.